0: Hi, welcome to the TEFL Commute Season 4, Episode 4, where we put our pet peeves away into Classroom 101. <laughs>
1: Hi everybody, and welcome to The Tefl Commute, a podcast for language teachers, which isn't about language teaching, but the topic will come up. I'm your host, Lindsey Clanfield, and today in this episode, um, we're doing something a bit different. We're bringing back our round table. So before we get started, let me just go around the table, and our virtual round table, and everyone introduce themselves. So I'm Lindsey, uh, next person. Hi,
2: I'm Sean, as usual.
0: And I'm Kerry. How you all doing?
2: And, I
1: have
2: a... and uh, I'm James, the techie guy who's been allowed back on the microphone yet again. I don't know what's going on. Allowed? It was kind of coerced, wasn't it? Yeah. I don't mind. I'm happy to be here.
3: <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, right. How many emails did it take to get you on, on mic, uh, James? <laughs> well, OK, fair <laughs> enough. Well, uh, let me... Just explain why
1: you're all gathered here today. Today, we're doing uh, something called Classroom 101, where we're going to put our pet peeves into uh, Classroom 101. Um, This is a riff on an existing thing called Room 101, which I'm going to ask Sean to just quickly explain to our audience if they haven't heard of Room 101
3: before. Uh, well room 101 room 101 is uh, of course from uh, Orwell's big brother uh, uh but where it's coming from here is the fact that um in in the UK on television there is a, there is a, a kind of comedy 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 show called room 101 uh and in that people uh, choose random things that annoy them and put them in the it, it, put them away get them out of their life by basically ranting about them on television uh and i uh thought uh, along with Lindsay and james that this might be a nice thing to do since we've got so many years of experience in elt there must be things that we have as pet peeves um so that's basically what it is and uh, Lindsay you're going to moderate yeah That's right. So what we decided
1: is, is when we all sat down together and started thinking about what would we put in Room 101, we made a couple of rules. Um, The first thing is, it would be really easy just to put things like poor wages, bad working conditions, uh, terrible contracts, and all that stuff. Um, We decided to do something different. All of those are things that we would probably put in Room 101, but then we would end up really depressed at the end of this episode. So instead, what we have chosen is there are four areas, and each of us will talk about what we'll put in room 101, our classroom 101. One is a language point that we don't like teaching or that we are annoyed at or that we find um, useless or, or something. We'll have to explain why. So the first is a language point. The second is a ELT activity, an activity that uh, is part of our profession that we don't like doing, either as students or teachers or both. Okay, So some, an activity we put in there. The third one is a piece of terminology. Uh, ELT, like many professions, is littered with lots of terminology. Some would argue sometimes too much. And so I'm sure that each of us will be able to come up with one piece of terminology that we would prefer not to hear ever again and just gets locked away in Classroom 101. And the fourth and final thing is just a random uh, a random thing that, uh, that, that peeves us, that annoys us and that we would put along with all these other things in Classroom 101. So everyone understand the rules? You're all good with that? Yep, Yeah. I'm ready yep. to go. Yep. Okay, so we're going to start with language points, okay? And I'm going uh, I'll, to, I'll throw this over, we'll start with Carrie. Uh, what language point from the English language as an ELT teacher would you put into Classroom 101?
0: Okay, so this is kind of a fairly... Um, Advanced one, but one that I've found I've had to teach and write exercises for, and I'm really fed up of it. It's inversion after negative or limiting adverbials. Stuff like, um, not only did he suffer from insomnia, he also... Whatever, I can't even think how to finish that sentence. or um no longer will she be able to stare fondly through the window. Um, that that kind of kind of quasi-literary stuff, which, Really, you can only get one example into any text anywhere. Um, If if you find these at all, it tends to be in classic literature. And as I say, you might get one sentence out of 3,000 words. Practice, writing practice exercises for this in class is painful, as are the sentences that come out, which are really bound to be stiff, unnatural. And I don't want to hear another one again. Thank you very much. So that one. For me, is going into I, room one
1: hundred
3: and one. I <laughs> say, removing so, that, and I heard such a good example. Yes, Rem, re- removing <laughs> that will, will will make most C two course coursebooks pretty empty, won't it? I mean, it's a staple language oh, point, and
0: the exams as well. I, mean, I know so, they're only there because it's in the exam. Can we just start by removing it from the exam, maybe?
1: <laughs> I know, I, like, I like teaching that, though. I don't Do it, like but I like cool. teaching it because kind of like put arrows on the board, and it feels kind of cool. You know, like they they haven't. That before it,
0: it's easy, yeah. It's easy. As it's one of those. The, oh, you haven't heard this one before. Should I tell you why you haven't heard it? Before? This one I'll get you it, guys because you'll never use it, you'll never need it. And if okay. they come across it because they're reading literature, well, they'll get it,
3: yeah, you know. Not, I don't think not only does Lindsay like it but he also draws arrows. So you know, and there's definitely a I use feel, for
1: it. I
3: like it. Seldom have I heard such an insult. <laughs> but I, I wonder... No, no sooner had Kerry said that. When...
2: I wonder when I'm doing I still uh, advanced don't levels. It. When I'm doing my advanced levels, I sometimes look at the grammar uh, in the book and I feel like, have they just put this here because they think they need to put some grammar here and they think, well, the students have done yes. everything They've done it yeah.
3: That's why but, you you but said- but isn't that the students' fault as well? Because I mean, there's so many students that come to class and going, "Oh, you know, I'm, I'm here for my advanced grammar." You know, it's kind of well, well no, there's, grammar, yeah. there's a grammar system. You know, we, we don't suddenly unveil something particularly new at at, um, at <laughs> <We> a higher <laughs> level. We, we just do. get more. Save talent. it up. There's
0: that, <laughs> yeah. that one, I, That's the word. That uh, is you know the Trump card. And if I oh, write
3: well, write don't one. mention <laughs> that name, well, <laughs> well,
2: exactly. Whoa, I whoa, think a very whoa. fitting name for the card. But I think sometimes I feel like when I'm doing those kind of those kind of activities come up I feel like oh yeah but then my students are still like not they don't really have a particularly good understanding of of the range of ways that the more basic more basic grammar can be used and I feel like sometimes the grammar activities at that level shouldn't be like here's a new structure you've never seen before but did you know you could do this with the present simple
3: you know. Yeah I think as uh, Carrie says though it's a lot of it to do with exams you know when you're teaching them it is a, it is a banker for the exam you know it, it will come up in the exam so you know it, yeah. it's kind of yeah true. It, it is uh, that doesn't yeah. make it right but, uh, but it's also
0: but, a beauty if you're doing a literature exam you just oh yeah. like you know just oh look at this um, way that the language has been used to emphasize and blah blah but you know most of our students they're not there are they they're not in class for that anyway I don't want to teach it. It's
3: oh, a right. powerful
1: start. I, I want to move us on um because the time is ticking by, and I'm going to ask James now for his language point that he would put into room one, uh, classroom 101. James, take it away. What do you what, what What do you want to get rid of?
2: Well, mine isn't really a, um, a something I've I've, I've ever had to teach, uh, although occasionally I've had to deal with this problem. But mine is uh, the fact that English doesn't have a plural form of you. I think it's really bizarre, and I don't really know. <laughs> Why that is? Why don't we have a, a use? Uh, you know, living in Brazil here, uh, you know, I can u- we can use a vocês to talk about you know the plural, um, but uh, it's really odd that we don't have something so basic to just talk to more than one person at once. And I, right. I mean, you mean what we do is you, but it's the same as the other one. You mean well, a, yeah, a cell, yeah, but, but it's oh no, confusing, isn't have have it? It's confusing.
0: You all, or you all, or you guys. Oh well, yeah, well, know, was, horrible yeah. American. Accent there but that would be good we yeah. could just teach that and have it peppered
2: everywhere I, I was having a look at some of the kind of <laughs> basically well the, the examples that people have just invented because <laughs> there's obviously a need <laughs> and then they've just done that and yeah you've got the the uh, the one that i hear most often which is the you know you guys and the uh, and then you've got the, the the deep the deep south american you uh
3: yeah can, course, can i interject this yeah. is used not scottish is well, there not a use in 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 there
2: is yeah Scottish and scouse uh, and and mm-hmm. it, and it happens in the north of England in some places and in Australia as well uh, but it's more of a dialect thing than an, an actual you know part of the language if you see what I mean um, so I my mean, favorite was... where I'm from we would say is my favorite I think would be uh, you lot oh you lot mm-hmm. yeah oh you <laughs> lot yeah. <laughs>
3: Oi, you lot. Oh no, nice. Ch- childhood uh, memories flashing back. Oi, you lot, come here. <laughs> I like that. I, you, he, she, it, you lot. We. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. absolutely. Right course book writers, get that into your next, next, uh, next course book. So we have inversion. We have
1: use, or like why there is no use, so a slightly different one. I'm going to say one and we'll finish with Sean afterwards, but I'll, I'll say mine. The language point that I would put into Classroom 101 is um, and just because it's such a devil to explain, is present perfect for actions in the past that have an effect now. Sort of, you know. Um, I don't want to read that book. I've read it. Or let's go see. Let's go see Mission Impossible Five. Oh, I've seen it. You know that kind of. It just sounds so. I understand that it's a use and that that, that um, it's one of the uses of present perfect, but it's just so awkward to explain it. You know, and especially also because in North American um, um, English, you might even uh, prioritize a, a past simple. Let's go see and Impossible Five. Ah, uh, no, I saw it already.
3: Uh yeah, but uh, so is your hatred be- or your dislike of it because of- because you're influenced by North American English, probably. Which also is I, I
1: know we can only put one in, but the other one I was going to put in was have got, which I I can't stand teaching at elementary level. <laughs>
2: <laughs> can see the problem see the, problem, <laughs> right. got the can opposite you guys?
0: problem now is yeah. having to stop myself from using have got so i really really want to teach do you have or you know so and then i keep on slipping those have gots in in class and having to kick myself about like oh god I'm- there it comes again
3: there, there was what was it? Was it was it an early edition of Headway that really made that a language point? I can't r remember it really in my career where it was a whole the language point, what's the difference between do you have and have got At pre intermediate level, I think. Oh um, I think so. I, I remember I, suffering through that, yeah. Yeah, and it's just like this whole Language spread dedicated to it. But and um, that,
1: well, present perfect, for, haven't you ever tried to sort of explain that to assume fine? You're just tying yourself in knots. Yeah, 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 we're using present perfect because it kind of has an effect now on the present,
3: but it happened in the past, but it sort of has relevance to now. Um, well, to use, to use an example, to use you, uh, Lindsay, I, I like it because you can draw arrows on the board. I mean, yeah. A, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that's not as good. <laughs> it's
0: the classic one of coming into class with a false a cast on your arm or something you know sort of yeah. <laughs> i've broken my arm that's why i've got a cast on there <laughs> oh, yeah
1: it's a bit like that same kind of like use going to for future predictions which you can predict right now based on precedent at uh, present
3: evidence oh, etc lovely
0: arrow so, there. Hang, on, hang on
3: are you undermining your own language peeve here uh, in- i, <laughs> I I've, I've mentioned you three sooner or later yeah. I'll be <laughs> I, don't, I don't think
1: much,
2: much, much, much of this uh, of this uh, judging going on here, he's like one rule for <laughs> one, <laughs> one rule for the three of us. <laughs> okay, now it's my turn. Here are here are my twelve.
1: <laughs> okay, okay, uh, I, I think, um, hey, I'm gonna go right to Sean. Sean,
3: um, language point for classroom one and one. Go. Uh, mine is reported speech. Why? Um,
1: oh
3: uh totally reported speech. Oh uh, no, reported speech. I mean, it's one of those things. I mean, it's, it's in in many ways, it's it's very similar to how Kerry. Um, Uh, to Kerry's point in the fact it's I think it's taught primarily for exams and it's brought in at such a low level initially and it's just that all these silly rules that you need to that the students need to get their head around about backshifting this and changing this word to that word changing this that are what a load of rubbish it's just (laughs) totally disagree it's it's that
0: thing go on then Lindsay
1: (laughs) No, I just think that it makes perfect sense. And backshift is quite easy. And the uh, concept of distance and everything is quite easy. Lovely arrows you can write there on the <laughs> <board>. <laughs> <laughs> Back to the arrow.
0: Okay. I agree I with Sean. It. I think about the being so rigid with it, it always backshifts. Uh, yeah, no, 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 but it's it not sense. true. It's that's just it, not true. Not. It can that's be pretty, you know, the, 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 It's you that it doesn't reflect usage and so you just kind of okay here's another rule that you've got to know because in the exam you will have to do the backshift and yeah. if you don't you fail carrie, then, said,
3: you know, carrie said it doesn't reflect usage you see there you go i'm reporting what carrie said don't need to backshift that's true that's also true I, ju- I just think it. I just think it usually comes up at you know about pre-intermediate B1 level. Uh, again, a whole unit dedicated to it. And I just think, oh, really? You know, we wonder why students begin to lose their motivation in the English language. <laughs> well, like, I will it, give
1: you this: that I I, I I particularly dislike the the reported speech when you're doing the different reported verbs and whether they take an ing form or an infinitive. You know, like I deny, he denied, saying <laughs> you know he insisted on doing that you know
3: that that kind of stuff is mm, that's always tricky all right so, so the devil commute course book when it comes out then is not going to have any present perfect actions it's going to have no inversion no reported speech but it will tip it will introduce the plural form of you to <laughs> absolutely the, yeah it's going
0: to yeah,
3: change yeah, yeah. the world coming soon <laughs> yeah coming <laughs> c- coming soon to a bookshop <laughs> really.
1: well let's take a little break and come back with our least favorite activities. One of my biggest pet peeves, the things teachers do, they'll call on people who don't know the answer, which makes no sense to me, but whenever I do do my homework, she never checks it, and teachers, when you do erase on the whiteboard, please erase completely, please, 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 because they'll write a word, erase it, but they'll miss that one small spot, and I'll be sitting at my desk, like, annoyed, and, like, wanting to erase it for them. Okay, everyone, uh, we've spoken about um, our Classroom 101 is now full of language points that we don't like. Time for our next section, which is activities. Um, And I'm going to ask Sean to start this one and say what activity, what what ELT activity, classroom activity, he would like to put away in in that room.
3: Um, Well, I'm going to start. This with uh, an activity which I've done millions of times, and I've taught teachers. I've taught countless number of teachers it when they first started teaching. But if I'm honest, I can't stand it. It's find someone who. Oh yes. Oh, <laughs> uh, just uh, I, many many years ago, I, I think it was one of the first time. One of the first times I went to, uh, I saw Penny Air actually, um, and it, in a. In a conference during a plenary, she was doing a talk. uh, Talk about and and the talk is about pointless busyness. Things you do in the classroom which kind of keep the students busy, but are they a bit pointless? And for me, this is find someone who it is. Dull. It is pointless. We spend all this time, you know. I know. I understand it's kind of like a drill, but you know, explaining it to the students, writing the sentence and you know, no, you've got to, and then you've got to invent extra rules to actually make sure the students keep milling around and don't stand in one place. And it's, and it's just like, what is the point? You know, just get into pairs and or groups and have a little talk about what you've done. But, you know, don't have to create photocopied sheets or worksheets just to have a contrived language point where students walk around. Uh, and then don't you know find someone who can speak Spanish, and then don't know what to do for the follow up. Ah, oh, eh, eh, annoying, 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 annoying.
2: So is it the mingling that you, that bothers you the most?
1: I think the
3: whole thing bothers me about it. Kind <laughs> of having a nice time and chatting with each other. Is that no! what? You're- Oh, you think about no, if in they, general if they had a nice time if they had a nice time and chatted to each other that's fine but it, it, you've just got to contrive you know you, you contrive the situation for them to walk around and find somebody who's got this name on it and uh you know I can it's just I can see its purpose, and I and I probably will do it again. I mean, I uh, I, I know um, I've got a training course coming up in a, in a couple of weeks, and I know one of the activities I'm going to do is find someone who. But that doesn't stop me being annoyed by
0: it. <laughs> <laughs> will you ask them to critique it afterwards?
3: Um, yeah, we. I can't. find a better way of doing it. Uh, with, yeah. But it's just. I mean, this is just. I mean, I, I saw. I saw this as an opportunity to get that off my chest. I'd find someone who is now off my chest. Um uh, <sighs> Oof. Okay.
1: Carrie, what about you? What uh, What activity would you put into uh, Classroom 101?
0: Okay. Well, I think there's a kind of a similarity with Sean's here, possibly, because I don't know if I'm kind of putting words in your mouth, Sean, but I think part of the find someone who thing is that it takes a long time to actually prepare the thing. Um, and one of the I know some people love this activity, but anyway, here we go. They're in those resource packs and it's the domino activities, you know, and they're Uh, great. The idea is good. You match the collocations or, you know, whatever it is, chunks. And I can see the purpose on all the rest of it, but it takes forever to actually make the damn things to copy them and laminate them and cut them up and all the rest of it. So it's gonna, And there's definitely an inverse proportion of the time I'm spending preparing and the time the students are gonna spend you doing it. And then if they actually follow the dominoes game, it never works, it just doesn't work. <laughs> there's so aren't true. enough matches, oh, you know? True. It's like that's if true. you play
1: and dominoes,
0: just... there are six sixes, you know, it's not just one match Yeah, after. yeah, yeah yeah, so yeah, yeah. What they're doing is they're putting together a jigsaw, and that's even more deadly boring. Because if you're gonna, I, I remember realizing this and thinking, "Oh God, okay, why don't you just put them together then? Don't play dominoes at all, because it doesn't work as a game. Just put them together, um, and and it was, you know, no God, where's the fun in that? You know, so it was. I'm sorry dominoes, yes, if you want to play dominoes, make the lovely rattling noise of the dominoes on the bar and all the rest of it. But not in class with chunks and collocations. Thank you very
2: much. I had a a, a student once, I I had a group once, and I thought, you know, I'm going to be clever here. So I, I gave out the dominoes and got them to cut them up. And one of my students, she cut all of the dominoes right down the middle. And so, oh no. <laughs> oh <no. laughs> And then I, and then I looked at her like, "What have you done?" And then she, and then yes. she started sticking you them can. back together, but she yes. stuck the it wrong pieces. The next forty minutes of the game of the class, <laughs> yeah,
3: complete. I was just like, "Here's the bin, forget it." And we and carry on that one, although some of my, uh, so, 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 although some of my students do enjoy kind of trying to piece it together in one, not as dominoes, but almost in a collocation cha- chain. Oh yeah, like the
0: yeah. snake. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, I've, I actually do get students to make their own as well, like another one is kind of, I don't don't make it myself, I just give them a blank sheet and they have to um, make them and cut them up and give them to each other and put it into a snake, but again, there's a lot of time spent just cutting things up and very little production in the end, it's kind of, I don't know, it doesn't seem worth the time.
1: Right, so we have now in our Classroom 101, in terms of activities, we have a find someone who, we have dominoes for language points. James, it's over to you. What activity would you put into Classroom 101?
2: Well, mine is very similar to Kerry's, actually. And uh, and now, Lindsay, you, you might have strong feelings about this, so I just need you to hear me out, okay? So my <laughs> one is <coughs> ball games. Now, wait. Blasphemy! Wait! <laughs> wait. wait. Yeah. Now, Here's the situation, okay, we're getting towards the end of a unit or maybe towards the end of the course and I need a nice review activity so that my students can, you know, before they have their test they can do some revision of the key language points they've learned in the previous few weeks. And I open my teacher's book and I see a board game which requires me to photocopy the board, maybe I have need three sets of this because of the size of my class. And then I've got two different sets of cards and I have to photocopy all of them and sit there and cut them all out. And of course, if you don't have a laminator, then you're going to have to do all this again in three months because your students are going to make a right mess of all the cards. And it just takes forever <laughs> to, to go through, just like the dominoes, it takes forever to get the whole thing ready, to set it up, to explain the rules and everything. So. I, uh, I have no problem in theory with ball games. Uh, I, I like them a lot, but the problem is just how they, uh, if they could just be delivered to me, like, oh, here's your ball game
3: to play. <laughs> okay. Thanks. But it's the fact that I have to like,
2: sit <laughs> there for like so what, hours. What, what, what?
3: What you're saying there is basically if what what, what uh, publishers need to do is turn their resource packs into apps so the app is ready to go we just switch it on and everybody can do it oh, No, but you want the tactileness of like yeah, blah 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 blah
0: <laughs> hey t- touch screen that's
3: okay <laughs> yeah, see. Yeah, yeah well
2: done just be pull out from the you know from the back of the teacher's book you could oh, true and, and pop them out it could just
3: pop up yeah pop it it's interesting how uh well james Myself and Kerry are all uh, very experienced teachers, and we've all gone for the things that take time. <laughs> it's like, stop the preparation well, time.
0: It's just that, you know, anything that's inversely proportionate to the amount of time that, you know, you spend and how oh. much time it takes yeah. in classes. Yeah, I, I,
3: I was I was completely agreeing, but I, I also think of my very young, inexperienced self yeah. thinking, "Oh, great! Look at this board game. Oh, well, look yeah. at all that." Yeah, it's, kind of,
2: it's And uh, the fact that the fact that the it's just the amount of uh, time, when, and when you know that there must be a better way of doing this, which would take you like five minutes to prepare. Yeah.
1: You know, you know it exists. Okay, so we've now established that in your classrooms there are no games,
3: no playing, and no chatting. Okay. I think it's called going with the learners. I think there's something called <laughs> dogma. Or something like
1: no. <laughs> all right. I'm going to finish off this section then with an activity that I would put in. Of course, I wrote down two activities, but I'm just going to choose one. All right. <laughs> so that <people> don't start <laughs> Can you do that? I'm <laughs>
0: going
1: to say... I'm going to say that the one that I would put into Classroom 101 is any kind of guided visualization where you're asking the students to, like, put your head on the table, close your eyes, <laughs> and now imagine this, that, or the other. I cannot stand those. I can't. I couldn't stand those in workshops when I'm asked to do that. Yeah, now I'm on, with you. All this. <laughs> my eyes open. I, I remember being really into, like, all the motivation theory until the latest motivation theory, which I understand, which is, you know, thinking of the ideal L2 self, but then some of the practical activities, realization of that is sort of close your eyes and imagine you are speaking perfect English. And it's like, no, no, <laughs> I, I, you're not gonna do that. I'm not gonna ask you to do that. Curiously enough about this activity that I hate doing uh, as a teacher, one time I did force myself to do it and a whole bunch of students, when well, a whole bunch,
3: like two or three came up and said, we really like that. Can we do that again? So. I right. thought you were going to say, you closed your eyes a, a whole bunch of students and vanished from the classroom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I,
1: I, oh, I, I can't stand I, I,
3: Interestingly, I was uh, involved in a webinar recently where the speaker said, oh, I just want you to close your eyes. I think you can't see them anyways. How do you know? Yes, yes, yeah, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, oh, actually, that for me is the winner. I can't say yeah, no. Bring you can keep finding someone who, as long as you get rid of guided visualization. Yeah, no, I'm, oh, I'm yeah. i I way.
0: like those kind of pop psychology ones, though. I think they can be fun. You know, where you kind of go right. Okay, you're walking in a forest. What's your forest like? And then oh, it's about a, a that's bear. about a
3: dream, isn't it? And
0: what's and your cop- bear like? And uh, uh, then you find a key. What's your key like? de blah. Then they talk to I each would- other about what theirs were like. And then there's this kind of you know pop psychology. Interpretation of you and I'll, you
3: know, I'll get into birds them. and interpret what your your is. Yeah, do. yeah,
0: yeah, that's good.
3: Sounds <laughs> like fun like to me.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know it's all bad science
1: <laughs> <laughs> like, Pulling yeah. teeth for me, that would be, but anyway. <laughs> all right, so we've now gone to activities. Um, let's take another short break and we'll be back with terminology.
2: The thing that is in room 101. the worst thing in the world it goes beyond fear of pain of death it is unendurable and it varies from individual to individual
1: okay everyone we're getting there um this next thing that we're going to put into classroom 101 is just beginning to get quite crowded now with activities and language points now these are little things that we're going to be chucking in there which are terminology bits of terminology that we would um we would put into classroom 101. I'll kick this one off. The piece of terminology I would put into classroom 101 would be a can do statement. Ooh. That's know, like very controversial very brave of me to do this. I know that there's uh, good reasons for can do statements. I just find that more and more now the realization of the can do can do statements is just trying to people are publishers I think and books and stuff are trying to make can-do statements for everything everything has to be measured in a, into a can-do so you get these sort of ridiculous acrobatics of like you know tick the can-do statements I can understand an article about zoos well no you can't you can understand the article in this course book that someone wrote at an A2 level, you can understand that one Maybe, but you can't understand <laughs> about. It,
3: it, it, We are getting to like, I think we're getting to that tipping point moment Where there's beginning to be the backlash against candid Statements and, and Sephora itself to a certain Extent for uh, Sephora and- Sefer.
0: Sefer, Oh. Sefer.
3: That's Sefer. great. I've never heard it called the Sefer before. Sefer. again, six... I've just come back from the school. It's because I've just come back from the school where they call it uh, Sefer, Sefer, okay. rather than. Can you could you explain uh, that for the listeners and perhaps some of us who have? Oh, uh, they Common European about? Framework of Reference of, oh. of levels, oh. which is where the candidates <laughs> cam- come from.
2: I've never heard it called Sefer
3: before. Where have I? Been? No, I'm going
0: to use Sefer from now. Yeah. Uh,
3: sorry. Confuse people with I was to say I just picked <laughs> up In the school I was in Sorry that was, uh, I've just uh, so, well, was. John, you, but, you think there's a Backlash
1: beginning Against
3: the can do well, well, well not necessarily about But this whole idea Of it, it's the kind of Measurability of things Isn't it again And, and we've got to that Point where Where uh, in language Teaching where Everything's becoming Almost like commoditized and, and measurable And it's kind of We're forgetting that It's a, a living Breathing language um, There was a I mean the discussion I think we discussed We were discussing it Recently ourselves So uh uh, you know the the idea of how it's actually these are carrying through into course materials, which is therefore making the course materials very generic and very stale. Yes. Uh, uh, from it, and that's kind of the p- backlash of it that that, that that all this material is becoming very, very samey, um, samey and generic, rather than uh, rather than rather than being interesting to a certain extent. Um, I don't
0: think we should blame the CFR as such or the CEFR,
3: Sorry, I think the it's the interpretation. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, I wasn't. Bl- no, I'm not. I wasn't. I'm not. No, kidding. I wasn't. Say,
0: not, I wasn't saying you were, but this whole backlash—it's kind of aimed possibly in the wrong place I completely agree Lindsay with this how, how ridiculous they can be sometimes they're not can-do statements that's the thing it's there it, it, it's it's the way that they're twisted to fit the activity that's on the page but still have to be generic enough to be a can-do statement it just
1: well, perhaps the original silly exercises. were okay because they were slightly vaguer or more broad Whereas the more you try to speci- make them specific, the the more you escape them. Let's yeah, keep going. Problem, yeah. There's a whole there's a whole podcast in that. We'll come back to that. We'll talk about <laughs> yeah. that in a in a
3: future series. Let's keep
1: going then. Um, Sean, your uh your bit of terminology, and I'm going to ask us all to start speeding up now, except for I, me. of uh, course
3: Although yeah, well, again, you did manage to cut it down to one answer, so well done. Um, mine is um mine is uh a tech acronyms. Uh, i I'm just—it's—it's it's just. Why do we need so many? I mean, we have too many acronyms. Full stop in our profession. But edtech acronyms. What is something? Is it Carl? Is it tell Is it Mal? Is it Malu? Is it Oh? Just like stop confusing the issue of educational technology uh, by bringing in all these acronyms um, and, and using all these differences. As a, a tech person, um, you know we're trying to educate teachers in 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 how to use technology to best. Uh, better their teaching or you know as a way of um, complementing their teaching and you're trying to help them and then you say well you know go look it up but you know this and this you know you need to teach them a whole dictionary before they can actually um, start to access stuff and it just annoys me it just annoys me that there are so many uh, uh, for it and they're so used by different people for different things Uh, there you go all right anyone have a comment on that I would agree, but I'm not that
1: aware of all the different ones. The ones that you said really quickly, I, I, I kind of knew one or two, but I know there are lots of others. And people always distinguish themselves differently, you know, mobile, yeah.
3: language learning, and whatever. BYO,
0: language, yeah, it's
3: well, even BYOD by some people's called BYOT, and it's just like, oh, uh, you know. Anyway, well, we're supposed to be quick, so I was trying. Okay. To sort of <laughs> Let's go over to um, James then.
1: James, terminology that you would put into Classroom One Hundred and
2: One. Well, I'll try and be quick, but I could. I did an entire to- an hour talk about this. So, twenty <laughs> first <laughs> uh, century skills.
3: Oh, Ooh, yeah. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, oh, for a start, I'm it's it's you. nearly two two thousand seventeen already. So we're nearly yeah, we're yeah. getting to the stage where we're about a fifth of the way through the for the through the century, and we're still talking about this like it's a new thing. Oh, um, no, I just do my and, head in. Yeah, I just you know I feel like uh, so much of it is a, a distraction that seems kind of irrelevant to language teachers, really. <laughs> um, yeah, and you know i recognize some aspects of it as as being worthwhile and important but i feel like a lot of the time people are talking about this like it's a thing and then you go yeah but why is this a thing why do we why are we talking about this so much still at conferences you get like so many talks about 21st century skills
3: yeah i'm with you there 100% well, i think it's i think it's like can do statements i think it's become a marketing slogan for for publishers you know that they feel that they've got to have this book contains 21st century skills on, on I, think it.
0: it's got, I think it's also um a, a business mantra as well kind mm. of for the business of education especially in the states there's this whole you know how do we prepare our students for the world of work in the 21st century and it's all this idea of you know we aren't our students aren't people at all they're just kind of they're going to slot in there into the economy and how are they going to help the economy and Ugh, yeah i'm with you too james Into well i think one. we
3: should point out to listeners that if, if things like that are new to you uh in even some of the activities we'll make references on on the website so you can go and read about them in more detail if, if you're not quite sure about some of the things that we're saying uh lindsey must Carey, be you carrie oh, carrie yeah. For our last bit of
1: terminology, just to review, we've put in there can-do statements, a whole bunch of ed-tech acronyms. We've put 21st century skills as an a, a, a used and abused term. I think we should probably mention that all of these things have their good uses as well. Yeah, absolutely. A, you know, absolutely. Use. Um, Carrie, what would you add?
0: Okay, so... The, it's a conf, um, an easily confused pair, mine, and um, it's inductive and deductive presentations, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and right. I hate Good this one point. because, especially on training courses, um, they're just it's just not intuitive, is it? You know, you uh, would think, which one do you think is the discovery? Oh, well, you know, did you sing something? No, it's not. It's the other way around. And, and so then people trip up over it and they're never confident about which one they're using. And so I suggest we just get rid of both of them and use something else instead. So maybe discovery instead of inductive and rule-based instead of deductive. And that can, tends to get me out of trouble. But when anybody throws up one of those two in conversation, you can just see panic entering the trainee's eyes.
1: Yes, yeah, so just for our listeners, um, and James, I'm going to ask you, can you just tell our listeners quickly, because you are a jargon guy, what's the difference mm-hmm. between an
2: inductive <sighs> approach and a deductive approach? No, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> You've called can out. You've it exposed it me up. as okay, a fraud. Tell us so
0: For me, it seems to be counterintuitive, but the inductive approach is the discovery approach. So where you... Um, look at examples, and then from there you find out the rules. Uh, right. Or deduce the rules, which is where the confusion comes from. And deductive is where you start with the rule. And then from the rule you generate examples. Yeah. I think
1: that's Got right. It. yes. Okay. You know how I used there to explain the training? I used to say inductive. Imagine you're, like, inducing labor. <laughs>
3: uh, Did you get your board markers out and draw the (laughs) arrows? Yeah, where are those arrows going? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know.
0: I don't, oh, get, I, know. I don't get the you analogy
3: know, at all. <laughs> oh, so I, I, if I had to choose one, that's a difficult one because, yeah, I agree with Carrie's, but I, I think I detest James's the most actually, the, the 21st century skills. So that's a tricky category. All of them, I think, are welcome to be consigned to the rooms.
1: <laughs> so we're going to have one final mini break and then we're going to be back with a very quick wrap up of four final things that we'll shove into that room before we close the door and throw away the key. Stay with This, everybody. Okay. All right. We've come to the end. Our classroom 101 is full of four language points, four different kinds of activities, lots of different terminology into four groups. And the last thing, we're just going to go around the table, not going to necessarily explain all these, because otherwise it'll take forever, and just say the last one random thing. We're allowed to throw one more thing in that room before we slam the door and then walk away much relieved. So, I'll start with you, Carrie. The last random thing that you were going to throw into Classroom 101 to make your teaching life a lot better. Go.
0: Okay, questions that start with, what is your favourite because they're guaranteed to make my mind go blank.
1: Okay. <laughs> Questions to start with what is your favorite?
3: Okay. Sean. Kerry, Kerry, Kerry. No. What, what's, yeah, fa- what's, what's the favorite thing that you've done in this podcast?
1: No, I don't know. Mine's gone blank. <laughs> <long. laughs> Sean, over to you. The last thing that you will throw into Classroom one before we lock
3: the door and throw away the key. Anyone who can't get my name right.
1: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> with is And I'm with you there as well. Is it, but I'm is it a
3: spelling thing, Sean? Uh no, it's a it's a um well, I, 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 I do not think we had time to explain. Uh everything about me on social uh, online <laughs> is my name. Like it, so Sean Wilden is my Skype name, Sean Wilden is my email address. So when people email me um and start dear, uh, dear Sean SE or oh, no, no. <laughs> Hi Sean, S-E-A-N. It just annoys me. You know, you're supposed to yeah. be teachers. You're supposed to be able to <laughs> yeah. read. Okay, we get it. We get it. Don't rant. Let's see. i oh, sorry. I opened Pandora's box.
1: Sorry. I'll say mine quickly here. Poor quality whiteboard markers. The kind oh, that if yes. you don't store them properly, they run out, and it's like was brand new on Monday, and it's Wednesday, and they're already dead. Put the so. top on properly, Lindsay. Come on. Well, those all go into classroom 101. And finally, James, you're going to close it off and then you're going to lock the door. Okay. What goes in there?
2: So, uh, this is a public service announcement for teachers. Please stop writing in course books with a pen. It really annoys <laughs> me. You can use a pencil, that's fine. But stop writing in pen all over the course book, which I have to use in the next course. It
3: drives Especially on my enough. ebook, You're making a mess of my tablet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. All right,
1: guys. Well, listen, we're coming to the end of our podcast. I think do we, oh, well, do we all feel a little bit better for
3: getting Is those things off our chest. Yeah, yeah, definitely.
1: Yeah. Excellent. Of course, if you're listening to us and you want to share something that you would throw into classroom one one, you can find us on Facebook at the Temple Commute on Facebook. You can find us on our website, uh, www.teffelcommute.com. Or, and you can find our podcast on uh, YouTube, uh, Podomatic, iTunes, and anywhere else you find your podcasts. Uh, I think it's time for me to say thank you to everyone before we um, have a big sound effect of a door closing of Classroom 101. So thank you, Kerry, for coming and thank joining you. us. Thank you. Thank you, Sean. Thanks, Lindsay. Thank you, James, for joining us. Always
3: a pleasure. <laughs> Thanks, everyone, for listening. <laughs> right. See you next time, everyone.
1: Bye. 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 Bye.
4: As your commute is coming to an end, here is how you can play your own version of the 101 game. The game is useful as a speaking exercise, with students giving a spoken argument for why they like their thing, and then asking and answering follow-up questions. Before the lesson, think of categories for the students to discuss. Remember, it's people talking about what they most dislike so you might want to choose categories that are easy to talk about for example food, hobbies and so on. In class, explain the concept of the game illustrating with your own examples. Put the categories on the board and give the students time to prepare their argument for each. When everyone is ready, put the students into small groups and let them discuss their choices. If you want to add a competitive element, then each round can have a judge to decide which one choice from each category can be banished to Room 101. You can find the instructions for these activities at our website, www.teffelcommute.com. You've been listening to The Teffel Commute, an original podcast produced and presented by Lindsay Clanfield, Sean Wilden and James Taylor. Don't miss out on any episodes by subscribing to us on iTunes and by visiting us at www.tefilkanute.com.